Brooklyn, New York City, Asia. I knew when I woke up that it wasn't going to be just a regular day. There was just something in the warm summer air that let me know that everything was falling apart. The crack and cocaine distribution network that my boyfriend Baby J had worked so hard to build was about to come crumbling down and I could feel it. Baby J had the whole Tompkins projects on smash. He was a monster when it came to the drug game. Don't let the name fool you though. Baby J wasn't soft at all. He was a major drug supplier and even had about 50 other smaller hustlers working for him. Baby J provided them with as much crack as they could move and they brought him cash back. A whole lot of cash. It seemed simple enough, but the hustle was actually quite complex. Baby J had an exclusive connect that he was able to get cocaine from for cheap. He had loyal, innovative traffickers that shipped coke to and from New York City without ever being caught. On top of that, Baby J was one of the few dealers who had a re-rock compressor, so he was flipping the hell out of the work that he copped. His ruthless reputation placed fear in the young hustlers' hearts and had them too shook to ever consider running off with his work. The consequences of that would be fatal. I knew, because I had seen it happen before. Baby J was the man in Brooklyn. And I was his main bitch, going on three years strong. I was no idiot, though. I knew that my boyfriend had other girlfriends, as stupid as it sounds. Like the saying goes, a man is only as faithful as his options. With a 7 Series Vima, a two-tone white and gold he blow, and indispensable cash at his fingertips, Baby J definitely had other options. Bitches were giving it up to Baby J quicker than he could even learn their names. I accepted that just as long as the other women didn't bring any drama my way. One thing I hated was dirty laundry being aired out in the street. Yo, Asia, I'm going to make a run out to Jersey. I got to handle some business right quick, said Baby J. Handling business could mean Baby J had to talk about cocaine prices with a supplier, or it could mean he was off to fuck with some other broad. Either way, I had no control over where my man was going. Being so helpless stressed me. But I had learned a long time ago to only worry about the things that I could control. Unfortunately, whatever my man was about to do was out of my control. As soon as I saw the midnight blue BMW 745 that Baby J pushed pull away from our brownstone, I picked up my iPhone. Call Maine, I said to Siri. Calling Maine. She responded. Grit. What up, buzzing? What's poppin', baby girl? answered Maine after a few rings. Maine was my older cousin. He had six years on me. He was a blood representative to the fullest and was just coming home after an 11-month stretch on Rikers Island for a simple assault charge. We had grown up together, and back when he was getting money, Maine had always looked out for me. Now, the shoe was on the other foot. Maine had spent all of his money on lawyer fees, court costs, and back owed child support, so he was fucked up financially. I got a nice lick for us, I said to him. What? I can use some fucking money right now, excitedly replied Maine. I explained the details to Maine about exactly what I wanted to do. And with the position that he was in, naturally, he was with it. I was going to make a power move and have Maine help me set up Baby J. Many people would question my motive for wanting to set up a nigga who was taking care of me. But I definitely had my reasons. 
Baby J was a provider, but he was only going to provide me with what he thought I should have. Sure, I had a closet full of Tom Ford, Cavalli, and Louis Vuitton, but that stuff really wasn't worth anything in the grand scheme of things. My name wasn't on the rent lease to our house. I just stayed there. I was registered as the owner to the title to the BMW, but this nigga Baby J hardly ever let me push the whip. He just had it in my name so that the feds didn't grow too suspicious of him for making a big purchase without having a legit job. Furthermore, Baby J damn sure wasn't about to put a ring on my finger because it just wasn't his style. He did enough to keep me around for the time being, but never committed to anything on any type of permanent level. In other words, if Baby J up and left me for a bitch with a bigger ass and a wetter and tighter coochie, I was back to being broke again. One thing for certain, two things for sure. I wasn't having that shit. I gave my cousin Maine our address and let him into the house. Of course, he brought his 9mm Beretta with him. The gun looked old and was even rusted a little, but it was the best he could do given his financial situation. Maine and I sat around and waited all day for Baby J to come back. And six hours later, when he did, smelling like euphoria perfume and imperial moe, Main straight ambushed the nigga. Yo, get down on the fucking floor, nigga. You know what the fuck this is. You know what it is, son. Hollered Main as soon as Baby J stumbled through the front door. Shocked as hell, Baby J had no choice but to lay down, with Main aiming his burner right at him. With a little assistance from me, Main hogtied Baby J up to one of our kitchen chairs and began grilling him. Now look, I'm not fucking playing games with your ass, you bitch ass nigga. I'm gonna ask you one more motherfucking time. Where's the fucking dough at, nigga? Where's the cash, nigga? The fuck you think I speak Spanish or something, nigga? Do I look like a fucking German bitch? Where the fucking money at? Menacingly said Maine as I looked on. Maine had caught Baby J in the only place where he ever let his guard down. Our home. However, like I said, Baby J was no sucker. He was playing dumb when it came to the whereabouts of his money and seeing just how far Maine would go. Baby J was acting like he didn't have a stash spot, but Maine wasn't buying it. Disgusted with me, Baby J was shooting me glares that would have murked me right then and there if looks could kill. However, it was just like he taught me. You can't trust anyone. It was difficult for me to watch as Maine tortured the shit out of Baby J for information, but it was necessary. It was hard to get Baby J to talk. But after cutting off his pinky with our kitchen knife, Maine finally got the address to the stash spot. Then he instructed Baby J to give me the keys to the Beamer. At this point, it was up to me to retrieve the money while Maine held Baby J down with the 9mm. Maine and I agreed to split whatever was in the stash 50-50. After all, the nigga was my cousin. Maine told Baby J that if he didn't have the cash in his hand by sunrise, he was going to kill him. Maine's crazy ass meant that shit too. He was at a point in his life where he just didn't give a fuck anymore. Maine had his P.O., his baby moms, and some crazy crips from uptown all looking for him, so he was in do or die mode. As I headed for the door, Maine had the gun cocked and trained on Baby J. I grabbed my iPhone and took the BMW keys and set the GPS for the Hoboken, New Jersey address that Baby J had provided. I had fucked around with this nigga for three years and I had no idea that this stash spot even existed. That was the type of nigga that Baby J was and that shit bothered me. He was supposed to be my man. 
but it was like he had a whole secret life outside of me. After crossing the bridge and riding into Jersey, I navigated to the spot. It was a nice little one-bedroom apartment inside a small, quiet complex. Inside, Baby J said that there was a safe under the bed in the bedroom. There was supposed to be $100,000 there, which was Baby J's emergency money. His little rainy day stash was more than most niggas making two or three years working in our hood. He was definitely getting it. I made my way to the bedroom and lugged the heavy safe out from under the bed. I put in the combination that Baby J had given me and opened it up. Sure enough, just like he had said, it was all there. The money was wrapped up in rubber bands and arranged ever so neatly. For a few minutes, all I could do was stare at it. I had never seen so much cash all at once in my 23 years on God's green earth. The money represented freedom to me. I could buy my own shit, pay my own rent, and didn't have to live on whatever that nigga decided to ration out to me. As I loaded the cash up into a trash bag from the kitchen, I knew that the money would be life-changing. As I finished securing the cash and headed for the car, Maine called my phone to check my status. Yo, did you get to that money, Asia? I took a deep breath. Of all things I had learned in my three years of fucking with a kingpin like Baby J, the most important was never place anyone before yourself. Baby J lived by that motto which is why he never enabled me to be more than just a pretty face and never put me in a position to grow financially. I understood his game, but I had game of my own too. No, nah, wasn't nothing there, cousin. He's bullshitting. Kill that nigga, yo. I coldheartedly instructed Maine. I tossed my cell phone out the window, ran over it with the beamer, and proceeded on to my new life. This time, it would be my life as Asia, and not just Baby J's sexy-ass little girlfriend. I had $100,000 in the trunk, and I was headed for the South, which was where I had always dreamed of living. I was on top of the world and could do damn near whatever I chose to do. I had outsmarted not just one, but two niggas with my little scheme. A week later, I read online that Maine had been arrested for the murder of Baby J. It hurt me to see my cousin go to jail again and my ex-boyfriend get killed. But at the end of the day, it had to happen for me to come up. That's just the way life works. Fuck both them niggas, though. It's all about Asia now.